0: It feels like possibilities open.
1: You're describing my office hours every day.
0: Hey, Howard, we're back, and we're, for some crazy reason, we're visiting the same topic. <laughs>
1: it was a popular topic. Certainly a very important topic, so I'm glad we're back here
0: we were talking muscle mass and strength, longevity. And it was remarkable how many people were, I had people tweeting at me, emailing at me. I had no one stop me on the street, but I did have someone screen grab a text from a friend and say, I just listened to that latest Kadrosky Lux thing. And it was great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know it's resonating with some people. Uh, yeah. I'm but-
0: big in the texting crowd, apparently. Yeah. So. <laughs>
1: But well, we got a lot of <laughs> questions from it though. So I thought that was fascinating.
0: So I'll I'll spin the magic wheel of questions to
1: start us off.
0: So one of the questions we got was if I can do only three things, what would they be? And I said, well, like three things for what? Like to get stronger, to get more powerful, to be, build cardiovascular fitness. And he just basically, the guy tweeted back at me, yes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is great. Where would you start?
1: Yeah. So, uh, so, I need to know who the question is coming from and what yeah. they're optimizing for, right? So, we spoke to Dr. Sam Milan. Uh, it's fantastic. And he made it clear that we need two 90-minute Zone 2 episodes uh, a week build a mitochondrial base, right, to to increase the number. But how realistic is that? It's not Mm. for most of us, uh, for those of us who work every day. Uh, Honestly, unless you're planning on cutting your 100-mile bike riding time substantially or you want to try and rank in (laughs) hill climbing, it's probably not that important. Um, most people aren't maintaining the mitochondria they already have. So I always ask people uh, focus on some aerobic ec- ec- exercise. And it's really important to remember that all the studies showing a decrease in all-cause mortality associated w- with walking reveal that it only needs to be 6,000 steps a day. So, yeah, it's not a huge number. No, you could be a busy person. You can park in the furthest parking spot from work. Uh, you don't have to walk a straight path from your car to the front door. Same thing when you leave. You know, you yeah. take your dog out for a 10-minute walk, and you're going by to, the, by the end of the day, have 8,000 steps. Um, you don't have to jump on a bike for 60 minutes. You can jump on a bike for 20 minutes. Uh, you Can pick up a pail of water and walk around your basement, and you're getting your balance, doing uh, uh, a semi-farmer's walk while you're getting some aerobic work. So you have to be creative in these situations. You have to figure out what time you do have, and you focus on what you can do. Uh, three things: aerobic. You want to get at least yeah. six, eight thousand steps a day in. Uh, over 45, you want to work on balance and, of course, strength. Uh, strength, if you're going to be very limited, some bodyweight squats, some bodyweight deadlifts, some calf raises, um, I think you're good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a, a great simplified view of it because it's 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 got this misnomer that if you can't put in all of the hours, then I might as well put in none of the hours, which is just... I mean, a toxic relationship to have with your own health, right?
1: Oh, it's terrible. Uh, It just compounds itself. Uh, Interesting, because there was someone at work who listened to our podcast, and he's about 60, and he was professing, look, I've had no changes. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, well, besides being a doctor. um, Simple. Do you find it harder to open jars now than you did a few years ago? Yes. Uh, Okay. Then I don't have anything else to say. Uh, things they creep up on us just as yeah. we discussed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Then and all of a sudden, as you said, yeah. Then it, then it's there. Okay. So uh, quiz question. By the way, I was just looking after your <laughs> comment on steps. How many steps did Paul have today? One, two, three, go.
1: Twelve uh, thousand five hundred.
0: Oh, that's a pretty good guess. Fourteen eight oh five. I just noticed here. Yeah. That's very. That's very to use this term, The technical term very steppy.
1: So I had 11,400, and I operated all day.
0: Um, Yeah, that's amazing. What were you doing? Were you just pacing around the theater?
1: So I do a lot of walking around the hospital between cases. I won't Uh sit. I walk the floors. I'll walk outside. I park in the furthest spot from the door. Uh, Push it.
0: Uh, Yeah. But that's, that's really, I mean, to be more serious, that's a really instructive example, though, right? Because you're you're tied down to whatever you had two or three cases today that you were operating on and, and you've got other things going on and yet you still managed to get in. Oh, well, well over 10,000 steps in the day.
1: Correct. You can do so, this. Um.
0: So the next question, the grade, question today. <laughs> and this is one I hear a lot and I had people say, say it to me on uh, something else that we did. I don't remember what it was, but anyways, they basically said, Paul, you're freakish. You're motivated. I'm not motivated. How do you how do you stay motivated? Now, I, I'm going to give my own partial answer to this right away because I only realized, this is classic me, I only realized relatively recently how freakish I am about this stuff that I enjoy suffering when I'm running or biking. <laughs> I actually find that... <clears throat> hugely pleasurable. If I'm just rolling along with the wind, tousling my hair, it mostly makes me miserable. But if I can, if I feel like I'm working hard or at least working on a sustained basis that I'm putting in a real effort to the point that I can't think about too many other things other than what I'm doing, whether it's a run or a ride or whatever else. Now, this is just cardio stuff, but it applies in some similar ways to weights. I'm not very happy. I used to think that the problem was that most people just haven't discovered the wonders of suffering, because if they did, (laughs) They'd be converted like me, but I've realized to my chagrin that I'm just wrong. That most people actually, even when you reveal the eternal wonders of suffering, they just say, "Yeah, no, not for me. That's not my thing." So this, hence, this question about how do you stay motivated is not my problem, but I hundred percent is a legitimate question.
1: It's a very legitimate question, and it's really hard to incentivize some people to do it. Uh, I look at pictures of my kids every day. Uh, I know how uh, pretty terrible this world is and how often they're calling us or writing us and asking for advice. Uh, Certainly Mm -hmm. my strongest motivation is to be around longer, Uh, uh, able to interact physically with them. Uh, Second, I don't want to have to be walking around with a limp, with a cane, on five different medications, uh, just watching my scale go up. Uh, <laughs> I find yeah. that motivation uh, to live longer and live healthier, promote uh, my lifespan and health span together simultaneously uh, motivating. Uh, and <sighs> look, we won't get through to everyone. Deep down, everyone knows they need to do it. Uh, deep down, most people want to do it. The uh, yeah. key is to just get them to start. Uh, a lot of them will get hooked, uh, whether it's that uh, that you feel and <laughs> I feel, and we sort of on some strange level, or yeah. just the feeling that it's easier to walk up and down stairs. Uh, you're not short of breath. It doesn't feel like an effort. Uh, start to see the gains.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. What about short-term stuff? Because I said something similar to to someone recently about your kids and this and that. And they said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." That gives me a motivation in the long run. But like, it's Tuesday at eight o'clock, and I don't want to do anything. What's like a daily motivation I could have? I said, and this you just alluded to it right there. But I just the idea of once you start, I mean. I don't know whether it's Snapchat or Instagram. I think it's Snapchat. One of them has this idea of a streak that every day it rewards you and says, oh, this is your umpteenth day in a row of sending out something dubious on Snapchat. They don't use the word dubious. I do. And- uh, I said, think about it in those terms. Think about how the little dopamine hit you get from a streak of continuing to do something—that that same idea, but just in being active. That's why the, this idea of a streak can apply a perfectly well to just your day-to-day motivation to continue doing what you did yesterday.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, we gamify everything. and We can certainly gamify this, and and kudos to Peloton. For sort of you know, yeah, right. you know they yeah. did these high fives and you go on a ride and everyone is high-fiving you and the only people who i high-five are the people who i'm about to pass but uh, yeah uh, it is motivating i guess on some level um you know at first when i approach it with them i tell them i don't want you to necessarily be motivated at first you're not going to be Uh, get used to our mundane tasks and our schedule. We get used to rolling out of bed and grabbing coffee and looking at our email. You have to force it. You know, so the first Mm -hmm. few weeks you force it. Instead of instead of turning on that computer, go down to the basement. Or go outside. Schedule it and do it. And for most people, they're gonna like it and they're going to stick with it. Some aren't, and it's gonna remain the grind. And I'm sorry for that. But
0: yeah, not my problem. Sadly, maybe it should be more of a grind. My my wife asked me the other day. She said, "What are you training for?" I'm like, "What do you mean, <laughs> what you training for <laughs> nothing? Just just training for being." So the next question, spinning the great I had a funny question which I didn't think of till just now that your 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 last comment reminded me of, which was, I, I didn't even know how to answer this. They said, "What does it feel like?" I said, what do you mean, what does it feel like? They said, what does it feel like to be fit?
1: Hmm. And I said,
0: yeah, that's a really interesting question. Well, that's a good question. What What does it feel like to be fit? And I said, and this is my answer, not obviously uh, steeped in any particular sense of, of metabolic health or anything else, but I said, it feels like possibilities open, that most things you might want to do on a daily basis, go for a quick, you know, for a walk, go for a bike ride, lift you're not you don't feel apprehension about things and possibilities open up I th- for me that's one way at least as a as an opening of saying what it feels like to be fit but cuz i'd never really thought about it before they said what's what's going to feel different for me what well, what does it feel like to be fit it's an interesting question
1: i like that i, I like that a lot uh, i've thought of it like that i uh, said it it's you know the floors on the 6th floor of our hospital Um, And I wear an N95, which is a very uncomfortable, tight-fitting mask. I can run to the sixth floor up the stairs and not be short of breath and come right out from the door and go see my patients and talk to them. I like being able to do that. I like that it's effortless to walk up a long staircase or to go on a hike with my kids. Uh, I have to worry about finding a stick, uh, holding them back, right? yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: So it's just, a, it's an opening up feeling, right? That possibilities that go from being theoretical to practical, that I could go up these stairs, but I choose not to. No, you just go, right? right? I can just go and go up the stairs, go for the hike or, or whatever. But I, I like the question, though. I think it's a really interesting
1: one. I do like that. Uh,
0: okay. The great little question uh, questions. Yeah, that's this ridiculous sound. Uh, and this one's, maybe I should have done it earlier, but someone said to me, and this is a great, by the way, literally out of the title of a fantastic book by uh, a Canadian, Alex Hutchinson, who's got a book called, Which Comes First, Cardio or Weights? And this was a question I was asked almost word for word, which comes which comes first, and this is in particular oriented toward the over 45 crowd, so let's just say that right away, but which comes first, cardio or weights? Uh.
1: How- I don't look at them as being mutually exclusive, right? Because you can weight train uh, in a cardiometabolic way. So y- you could do lightweight training. Uh, you do... Uh, when I do kettlebell swings with a light weight, yeah. my heart rate gets up and it will stay up. Uh, so uh, there are certain ways to exercise with weights to maintain cardio benefits. And, but... I would have to side with cardio. Uh, in terms of all-cause mortality, there are benefits with weights, yes. It um, on how they're executed and how it's done and if you do it right uh, and often mm-hmm. enough. But I think cardio and just keeping it really simple and focusing on 8,000 steps a day, Yeah, I think that's the answer for 90% of people. Uh, the other 10%, we can break that down further.
0: Yeah, and that's it's been a while since I read Alex's book but the the gist of his argument as I recall it was that essentially the one you've made with the proviso that weights could come first for many people if they did it at a higher level of intensity the way you're describing your kettlebell swings and turned it into a cardiovascular activity but the trouble is most people when they're doing weights, it'll be a five pound dumbbell and a couple of quick raises and whatever. It's not really doing, I'm not saying it's not doing anything for muscle. It could be great in your particular case, but it's not doing much in terms of a joint cardiovascular strength exercise.
1: Right. I would right? agree with that. Um, you like me with kettlebell swings. You know, I'm, I'm really light now, about 30, 40 pounds. I had a 75 or 80-pound oh, kettlebell. Oh, right. You're, a, you're and I, a monster. I swung that, <laughs> uh, and on the sixth swing, uh, about some months ago, it left my hand. And oh, it did not end drywall. well for my basement. <laughs> I was going to say,
0: I, I feel a drywall repair coming. <laughs> I've been there with that one. Yeah, yeah, flying 70-pound kettlebell. If, if all you have wrong is drywall, that'll be, the, uh, that'll be a good outcome. So let me go on to the next question I have here, which I, I got actually got today from someone who had only just listened to the to the episode. But and I'd never thought about this before. They said, "I hurt all the time when I exercise, and I've always worried that I've hurt myself. How do I know if I've hurt myself mm. doing this stuff?" Yeah, It's an interesting question, it right? Is. I mean, I, I, we 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 feel like if we hurt, there's a non-zero possibility that it's actually an injury. And as we get older, there's more apprehension about the consequences of injury. And so all of a sudden, there's this weird mental dance of, is this good hurt, bad hurt, injury hurt? And so what do we know?
1: Right. Uh, you're describing my office hours every day. <laughs> Right, I'm sure I am. So the, <laughs> the vast majority of people who walk into my office with pain and likely with an MRI that shows something think that that pain is caused manically uh, by the issue that showed up on the MRI. And most mm. often it's not. Right. Yeah. So deconditioning hurts. Joints that are not supported well by strong muscles uh, of and below are going to bother you. If I put you in a cast um, and you have no pain in your knee, we take the cast off and we let you start to, to walk around a few weeks later, your knee uh, will be very sore and hurt you. And when you yeah. train back to your normal strength, that knee pain will go away. I think it's really important. Um, this is really a critical question. When you go to a physician for shoulder pain, knee pain, elbow pain, whatever, you need to ask: If I continue with my activities, am I going to be hurting myself? Um, because usually the answer is no. Even if there's a meniscus tear or small rotator cuff tear, the answer is no. And as we've said a hundred times on this podcast already, uh, arthritis is not a mechanical process. So you're not wearing away your cartilage. It's not a it's not a cheese grater rubbing away cheese or sandpaper rubbing away wood. <laughs> Most of the crackling that you hear inside your knee is due to inflammation, and it's not a mechanical issue. Exercise will not make your arthritis worse. So, there are certain pains that people are going to worry about, you know, getting stuck, caught. Um, If you're getting a general ache in the front of the knee, especially sometimes in the back of the knee, you know, times out of 10, you're just fine. And if you're worried, go to an orthopedist. Hopefully, you'll get an exam and a good discussion, It's uh, an x-ray. I uh, hope not an MRI in most situations. And you'll be told that you're good to go.
0: Yeah. I, I always joke that if I run long enough, every part of my body <laughs> below the hip hurts at least once.
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> get out of bed in the morning, uh, you know... If If I showed my Nest Cam of me getting out of bed and going to the bathroom, you'd be be astonished that I have my running shoes on in 20 minutes and I'm out the door. Uh I could barely
0: move. (laughs) You haven't even done anything yet. We just wait till later, right? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, so I... I, I, And I know this is wrong, so you can correct me, but I always say that if... If something persists, it's probably worth looking at but most post exercise related discomfort pain, whatever is is within reason is is, is normal if it goes away within twenty four or forty eight hours even or even less usually and and it didn't. It doesn't persist. It doesn't, doesn't, usually it doesn't swell. These are all signs to my way of thinking that this is something that's transient and probably not worrying about particularly much. And obviously, as you say, you can always feel free to see, see an orthopedist about it, but at least these are at least signs that this is something that's, it's potentially just muscle reconditioning as a result of post exercise inflammation or whatever else, but it's not something, an acute injury that you've done to yourself necessarily.
1: Right. Um, discuss this with people. What's important is what brought the pain on, right? Was, yeah, was this yeah. a sharp, oh my God, immediate pain in, in the foot when you've only been running for a few weeks? You have a stress fracture and you should see someone. Was this just a dull ache uh, that just occurred in the middle of a run or a ride or a walk? Go ahead, walk it off or run it off and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, if it goes away, great. If uh, comes back again, I'm sorry, keep going. But another yeah. great thing is how you feel the next day. So if you push what you believe to be hard or a little harder than usual, and you wake up with more pain the following morning than you probably did too much the previous day, uh, that's a good barometer.
0: But it does. Even if you have more, though, it's not necessarily a sign you've injured yourself. You've just pushed too hard. Correct. Okay. The great rule of questions. Uh, question. Yeah. So. I got a funny question here, and this was from someone who I won't out, but <laughs> should know should know better. <laughs> and this question was. I don't like to do cardio because when I run, if I weigh myself before and after, I've almost always lost two or three pounds. I'm trying to build muscle mass. I can't do cardio.
1: <laughs> you're outing Eddie. you're outing yourself.
0: Yeah, well, I could be outing myself here too. I'm, I'm a victim of this, but i have at least I know I know what's really going on here. So I thought that was really interesting, and I and I and. Uh, Brother-in-law of mine has this has has the same, I'll call it, weird pathology that he doesn't like to do cardio because he's he's convinced that if you weigh weighs himself after a run he weighs less I must be losing something that's bad I'm trying to build muscle mass I want to be like He-Man bro at the beach so cardio's
1: out it's oh my
0: apparently a thing I had no idea that a lot of people feel this way
1: yeah so. I try to get people to avoid weighing themselves every day. Uh, The average person can weigh as much as five pounds different day to day or within the same day. Uh, If you're heavier, that can go up to 10 or 15 pounds. And... The reasons are the reasons are numerous, right? You could have had a high-salt food. You, know, you could have had some soup or some pretzels or something, and you brought in a lot of water with you. So your weight went up. You went running, and you you, you ran off that uh, water weight. Uh, weight is now down. If you eat carbs, right? Bread, pasta, rice, starchy carbs. For every gram that you eat, you're going to keep three grams of water inside your body just in order to store that fuel. Now, food that you eat is going to affect your weight. Uh, exercise affects it again because y- you you can lose 25 to 40, 25 to 45 ounces or so of fluid per hour of exercise. Um, yeah, it's crazy. So, you know, your body is going to, it. it's like monitoring your blood glucose. Right? You can't look at one blood glucose and know what your average is for the day because it fluctuates by the minute. Same thing with your pulse and your blood pressure. Uh, you need long-term trends. <laughs> you shouldn't be weighing yourself before and after exercise <laughs> unless no. you've gone for a 50-mile run and you're really worried that you dehydrated yourself. Yeah. Uh, there's really very few indications for that.
0: Yeah, I, I you were giving me a hard time earlier, and I I think it's because I was telling you that, what was it? I guess it a week or so ago, I went for a run, and I was, I don't know, 153 pounds before and just recreationally weighed myself after because I knew I'd sweated a lot. I think it was like 149 or 48. I lost like five pounds, and it was no question all yeah 98% fluid, obviously, right? I mean, there's not... There's not. I was running for an hour and a half or so. So yeah, I sweated a boatload as as I was running, and and that's just a laundry problem. That's not (laughs) a problem with respect to like suddenly I've 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 lost my triceps or something, (laughs) right? It's not. That's not what's going on there.
1: No, if your protein intake is adequate, you're not losing protein. You're not losing muscle mass. You're losing water. Uh, Yeah, and. Your weight is going to fluctuate up to five pounds per day of uh, a normal BMI. That's a lot of weight.
0: That's a lot of weights, and it's best not to pay attention. Okay, the great wheel of questions. Yeah. So two more quick ones, and then we'll 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 move on. But and you bridged into this one just now, where you talked about getting enough protein. I had someone say to me, "I don't need to do this." This meaning cardio and weights, I guess, or whatever, building strength and cardiovascular fitness. Because they said, "I eat lots of supplements and I have a great diet." <laughs> I shouldn't laugh because it's actually surprising. I've heard this many, many times, but I got it again in the last few days after our episode. So, you get the, what? Where to start on a question like that?
1: Right. So, what are you optimizing for? And uh, we'll jump back to that. So, since we're on the topic of muscle mass. Protein intake is critical. I mean, you will uh, have a net loss of protein, uh, protein mass, um, sleeping overnight or in a day if you have an inadequate intake. Uh, time you get to our age, we need somewhere between 1.5 to 1.8 grams per kilogram per day. Uh, I do like protein supplements, uh, protein whey protein. You name it. Uh, there are some papers, Phillips, uh, uh, that are known that vitamin D, unsaturated uh, fatty acids, uh, omega-3s, uh, in terms of getting it into your gut, getting your gut to absorb it. Uh, you'll need some carbohydrates there to help absorb the protein. Uh, vitamin D and the PUFAs, uh, if your body utilize it, uh, you have a net uh, sort of gain in muscle mass. Uh, that's the most important thing in terms of supplements. Uh, very, very worried about many supplements, right? When they study these things, <laughs> yeah. they look at what's in them, sometimes don't like what you see. And not only
0: that, it's not the the proportions vary wildly. This stuff is like it's done on, I don't know, Etsy or something. There's just a handcrafted aspect to it where you're actually getting wildly varying, and... and, and it's got this really handcrafted aspect, so you need to at least be cautious about it.
1: People ask me all the time, what supplements do I take? Um, And I'll say it. I I take creatine, uh, two grams a day. Uh, I didn't load, I don't load, two grams a day, and you'll fill your creatine tanks. It's a great way to maintain muscle mass. Uh, No, it does not ruin your kidneys. Yes, it will increase your creatinine because creatine is metabolized into creatinine. Uh, and uh, if you're taking the creatine before your blood is drawn, your creatinine will be normal. Uh, magnesium, uh, or foods uh, lost a lot of mineral content, and, and magnesium seems to be one of them. Uh, so I do eat a fair number of nuts, uh, etc. Um, I'm high in magnesium, but still, I supplement magnesium. And then protein. Uh, I get about 26 grams in a supplement twice a day, uh, they can hit somewhere between 1.5 and 2 grams uh, per kilogram per day.
0: Right. Yeah. And those are are pretty orthodox numbers. I mean, that's not out there at all. That's where I think most people probably should be. But the key point on this question, and maybe this is a good point to stop on, it it ain't enough. You can't eat your way to fitness. And this is just a crazy, I feel like it's a crazy point to have to make, but I had multiple people tell me that this week that you know what, I really don't enjoy any of this exercise stuff. And I hate they have very comparable supplement programs to what you just described. They eat a well balanced diet, lots of vegetables, fruit, they're not gaining weight. They're like I, I don't I don't need this stuff. <laughs> and I, and I just I found that surprising and they're wrong.
1: They're they are absolutely wrong. Uh, there is a tremendous benefit and a decrease in all-cause mortality with very little effort. Um, easy to get six or 8,000 steps in. It's not hard uh, to drop down and do, and do 20 squats. Uh, a few calf raises when you're just sitting there and talking to people. Uh, you're recording yeah. a podcast, <laughs> right? Um, you I'm can doing do... weights right now. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm lying. <laughs>
0: I'm lying.
1: <laughs> you can do this. It can be done. It's not yeah. technically challenging.
0: No, no, it's not. And it's people are always looking for shortcuts and, and paths out. And, and, strangely enough, and there's an expression in, e- in economics that applies here, but it's this idea that. There are free lunches in 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 a weird way in economics and finance. Diversification is a free lunch. <laughs> in longevity, simply eating well and being active is is honestly among the freest of free lunches. There's a dose response relationship, and you should just take it.
1: Absolutely, and to the contrary, so, you can't outrun a bad diet. <laughs> right.
0: Well, thanks, Howard.
1: Thank you, Paul. This podcast is for general
0: informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of
1: medicine or other professional healthcare
0: services including the giving of medical advice. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. Content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. And we will not respond to requests for medical advice.